Welcome on in. It's your Friday edition of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard. The calendar, if you will. The only reason you know what day of the week it is. It is Friday, July 24th. Baseball happened last night, Tim. Now, we don't know exactly what happened because we're recording this a little bit before first pitch just so we can sit down and watch some baseball, watch some live sports here on this Thursday night that is going to transition into Friday morning when most of you are listening to this. But good to have sports back on the television. I don't know about you, but I'm not feeling too great about my team heading into this season. I'm a Cubs fan. You're a Red Sox fan. I feel like we're in the same spot right now with our teams where the arrow was pointing up for a while, but now it's kind of pointing directly sideways or maybe even pointing down a little bit with our respective teams. Yeah, well, I've had too much time to think about Mookie Betts still not being on my team. Yeah, that hurts outrageousness that that is you think over quarantine that we've had a lot more time that maybe i would have gotten over it but i think it's been the reverse i've thought about it too much and you know the more you think about it the less sense it makes so i'm still upset I feel like the red it. Sox are setting the precedent for my cubs because they showed what happens when you don't pay a star he goes out someone's going to pay for him and now the cubs are grappling contracts with both Chris Bryant and Javi Baez. But that's enough baseball talk because we're going to talk some hoops recruiting today on the show. Before we do get to the basketball stuff, we did see the news about Kalen Ellis. So if you were expecting some Syracuse football recruiting talk today, I'm sorry, but we will get to all of that on Monday's show. Anyway, we're going to craft up our dream class for the class of 2022. And I'm pretty excited for this. And then we're going to cap it off at the end with a fantasy draft of who we want playing for the Orange in that 2022 class. All right, but first, before we get into that, check out the show on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. You'll get all the latest updates on the podcast as well. Rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, or you can tell your smart speaker to play the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Okay, so this comes to you with some good news because 24-7 has updated some of their rankings, and the one guy that we do know in this class is Dior Johnson, a five-star guy. But guess what? He was the number five commit in the class not too long ago, and now he's been bumped up by 24-7 all the way to being the number three guy in the class. So Syracuse really getting an eye for talent. And I think that's kind of the general trend when you look across all the guys that Syracuse is interested in and is really trying to bring to the hill for this 2022 cycle is that pretty much everyone that they're in on just saw a big bump. Yeah. And especially and I'm going to give Jim Beheim more credit on a guy like Donovan Klingon than I am with JJ Starling because Starling was in their backyard. You've kind of known about him. He's been going to camps at the Dome for a while too. But Donovan Klingon, a guy who wasn't really listed on anything for quite some time and now he's a top 40 prospect per 24/7 composite. So I think seeing Donovan Klingon go through the rise in rankings is a really good sign of what this coaching staff sees in this class of 2022. And the fact that they were on these guys early will definitely play a big factor, hopefully, when they make their decisions. Yeah, I mean, basically all these guys went up, as you're saying. Zion Cruz is now a five-star on 24-7 sports, 19th overall. So obviously that's Dior Johnson's teammate this year once that season begins at Oak Hill. And a guy who's a 6'5 shooting guard that I think maybe we'll talk about when we when we do our draft. I I think Klingon is the one that 
is the biggest riser from this class and the one that you just really feel good about because Jim Beheim was his first offer and Syracuse was his first offer and Beheim has been on him from the get-go and like you said I'll give Beheim a lot of credit for that a guy that we've talked about recently where Beheim said I think he could start for us right now a 7-1 center and the only center that they've offered in this 2022 class Mac Etienne of course is 2021 and those are kind of the two big guys they're after at what is obviously kind of the biggest position for Syracuse basketball's future right now, especially about how I feel looking ahead to what could be the roster makeup in 2021 and 2022. But I think this can be a fun sort of discussion because we're very optimistic on early signs of kind of who they're offering in this 2022 class. And it's kind of cool to be in this position where we're talking about who would we rather have now, you're not going to get all these guys. We don't know. It's still early if they're going to stay inside the top five, top ten ranking in this class for a while. Who knows? But getting Dior early presents the possibility that this could be a really good class and makes this a really fun discussion today. Of course, there's also the conversation surrounding Dior Johnson. Is he going to stay in 2022? Will he move to 2021? Yeah. And for me, personally, I think I'd like to see him in 2021. But Yeah, me too. It's a, it's a good problem to have, in a sense, too, because who knows what happens with draft rules, who knows what happens with G League offers, and all that stuff. So all of that is stuff to look forward to. But when you look at it, when we try to craft up this dream class— And I think it's important to know what's going to be on your roster heading into 2022. So you know right now that you're going to have, let's assume Dior Johnson is in this class of 2022. And let's also assume Alan Griffin gets his waiver and will be eligible for the 2020 season. So that puts a guy in the class and that also guarantees one guy will be out of this 2022 roster as well. So you're going to have... What's looking like four scholarships, rather, rather, I should say three scholarships to work with because Dior is going to be taking up one of them. And while I don't expect Syracuse to fill all three of those spots, I would guess they probably fill two. And based off of that, because you want to give yourself some flexibility to maybe pick up a grad transfer or any sort of transfer because it seems like this one-time transfer rule is going to pass very, very soon. Mark Emmert was in favor of it the other day when he was speaking. And I think once we see that, that's going to open up the floodgates for a lot of change across college basketball. And that's something that Syracuse, especially if you do bring in Dior Johnson and you do have a talented recruiting class and you do have talented returners, they're going to be kind of like one of those teams that we look at in pro sports that say they're in win now mode and they kind of go for it at the trade deadline with some of the moves they make. That's what we could see out of Syracuse because they're going to be in win now mode because they know that window to win a national championship is always the, it doesn't matter what team you are. That window is always technically shutting more than it is opening for teams. And Syracuse is probably going to view itself in that regard as well. And they're going to realize, okay, this could be a year where we could really, really go for it and maybe bring yeah. one home. It could be Bayheim's last year, too. I mean, who knows? The the Bayheim discussion is forever a big mystery on when he's leaving. Obviously, people have placed buddy... A mystery to everyone except for him. Yeah. I think he knows. Maybe he does. And, you know, I thought initially that maybe the times we're in right now, given COVID, that might alter his perspective on that it seems like 
you know, obviously has come forward and said multiple times he will be on the court. It's not going to impact his likelihood to coach or anything like that. He is confident that uh, that doesn't change anything for him. So who knows if he's there in 2022, which you would think would be Dior's first year. Again, that reclassification has become more of a topic. I'm with you, though. I think it's better for Syracuse to have him in 2021, but we'll keep him in 2022 for this discussion. And, you know, Joe Girard will be a senior, and I think we're assuming he will stay. All signs point that way. Quincy Garrier mm-hmm. would be a senior. A little tougher to just slot him in because I think he does have some NBA potential and an NBA build and got some looks from scouts last year. Did not perform, though, so, you know, he's got he's got a long ways to go before he jumps into the NBA conversation, but guys like to go when they're even in the conversation, so who knows if he'll be here. Alan Griffin maybe will be here, maybe not, as you said. But the early goings, and then obviously the center discussion, you'd hope that one of those guys would have blossomed by then, meaning a Frank Anselm, a Jesse Edwards, a John Bolajak. Like, one of those guys then could be the center that you're happy with as an upperclassman to start at the ACC level. And if not, I mean, the center is, is obviously the big question mark going forward. And whether you get Mac Etienne or someone else in 2021 could impact that. But to me, and I don't want to spoil our sort of draft here, but this dream class for me starts with let's put all our chips in the Donovan Klingon basket because I actually like him more than Mac Etienne. And I think he could match up with Dior's timetable and he could match up with, as you were saying, that win now type of mindset. And he's someone that I think is only going to continue to rise the more we talk about this class and the more these rankings come out. Okay, let's take a deep dive into the players that we're looking at in this class. But first, I got to tell you about rockauto.com. You know, it's the summertime. It's hot outside. And guess what? Everyone does not want to do during these months. Sit in a hot auto body store while your car is getting fixed. No, you can go to rockauto.com and make things so much easier. Not just that, you're going to save a chunk of change as well. They give you the best prices because rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers because guess what? There's hundreds of manufacturers out there that are making cars these days. There's different makes, models, all that stuff. You need the right parts for your car and you're going to get that at rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. Tim's had a blast and an easy time trying to go through all that stuff and fix up his old Jeep. And guess what? You too can also get the same easy service that rockauto.com can provide. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com and see the parts that you need for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Again, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we're the ones who sent you over to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, let's look at this class. I think the only way to do this is to first start with kind of what your needs are going to be. And I think the glaring one, as evidenced by where the offers are heading, again, you want to follow that offer trail for what the coaching staff kind of sees as what's going to be a need, is clearly at the wing position. Because while you do have insurance, I think, to a degree with Benny Williams being on your roster, and he's going to bring you some versatility to play both the three and the four spot on the floor, as Matthew Gutierrez told us a couple of weeks ago. 
I do think with a guy like Benny Williams, that really opens up what you can do with this class. And it also gives you flexibility with the unknown. Who knows how many inches some of these guys grow? Who knows? Maybe some of these guys are done growing, all that stuff. You don't exactly know. And you can't really predict it either. So I'm sure some of these guys that we see now that are 6'4", they may be 6'7", or 6'8". By the time that they end up making their college decision, they could also just be 6'4". We don't know exactly how that's all going to pan out. But when I look at this, I think the clear need is going to be at the wing position. And there are a lot of talented wings that Syracuse has offered. So you look at... Just at some of the guys, and I'm going to, to lump the shooting guards into this because I would guess yeah. more than not, these guys are going to go from 6'4 to maybe the 6'5, six, 6'6, six, six, more of the ideal size for that wing position that Syracuse likes. But so I'm going to go with this. Jarris Walker is clearly the most talented and a five-star guy. But you're also probably going to need a little bit of help in that. And who knows? When you start talking about top 10 guys, the G League always enters the chat as yeah. well. So Most unlikely, that's I'd say, something. of the yeah. offers here. I think right. that's the biggest but again, pipe dream. I think the operative thing we're working with here is this is a dream class. And I think Jarris Walker certainly fulfills that as in terms of a guy who's more likely i think to come i think you're looking at a guy like zion cruz or chance westry yep. who could fill that wing role for you alongside dior or alongside joe gerard in the event that maybe dior does reclassify to 2021 yeah so the small forwards walker kamari lands 35 in the class ty rogers 51 in the class justin taylor who we talked about this week has dropped a little bit to 72 now still a solid four star Chris Bunch out of California, 6'6", is 102 in the class. Jan Farrell is now 111 in the class. He actually went up a little bit. And he is, 111 is the lowest, or I guess, yeah, you classify it as lowest rated guy in this class that Syracuse has offered. I mean, that is awesome to see. And that shows how confident they are in this being the type of class that could really be a home run for Cuse. So they'll offer some more, of course. It's still early, but... A lot of these guys, Rogers, Taylor, Bunch, Lands, Walker. I think those Roddy are Gale too. I think you can bunch in there as well. Yeah, yeah. And Chance Westry, I think, could get to a six four one ninety right now. A lot of people have talked about him playing the wing position of the zone. He's twenty six in the class, so we can consider him in this discussion too. But a lot of those names I just listed have been pretty recent offers, and we've talked about how they've gone more in on the small forward position. I think ideally you would want a small forward and then Klingon in this class or another center that might pop up that we haven't been privy to as we're recording this. But I, I feel like small forward would be great to get. I know Benny Williams could be a sophomore then, and who knows if he goes one and done and how impactful he is as a freshman. But I would assume he's probably there for a sophomore season, especially considering it's slated to be a really good one for Syracuse. So maybe that impacts his decision on coming back and wanting to make a run potentially deep in the tournament, which is all falling under the dream umbrella here, of course. But I, I think small forward, you'd like to grab one of those guys. Walker is the pipe dream, and he's the guy that starts out, I think, your dream list. But there's a lot of good names there that I really like. You know what kind of hurts, especially seeing that he was a Syracuse area kid, or I guess still is, even though I think he, he's transferring to a prep school, but JJ Starling, the fact that 
the just the timing of things doesn't yeah. really work out for him to be a part of this roster. I think that kind of stings. He Although, still could come. Again, he still could come. And also don't rule out the fact that, again, like we kind of mentioned, if Dior transfers to 2021, yep. I think you, you start to push a lot more chips in on J.J. Starling to try to fill some roles for you there. Because you're going to need another guard alongside Joe Girard. And again, you are going to still have guys like Kadari Richmond too. But I think that it would be nice to get J.J. Starling on this roster, not just for the story, but the fact that he's now a top 50 player and he's in your backyard too. So out of Baldwinsville, New York. So I think that when, when you take all of that into account, that's going to be something that maybe you're not looking at a guard right now, but later in the process, it could be a position of need that sprouts up. Again, we're not going to see a lot of these guys commit for maybe a year, year and a half yeah. too. So that's totally. another thing you got to keep in mind. They're going to be in a normal offseason, like a year from now, ideally, all these guys are back playing on their AAU circuits right now. And you're starting to see that live period open up and more offers go out around this time. So yeah, that's uh, another thing to take into consideration with everything that we're talking about here. But I think J.J. Starling, hopefully he makes his way into this class because I think the ideal world here is Dior Johnson is in 2021 and you can see a super talented team with that class too. But yeah. who knows how all of that will shake out. And then, yeah, I think the wings, you're kind of, you're looking at a bunch of these guys that are top 50 and you figure Syracuse lands at least one of them. I'm not going to say they have their pick of the litter because I don't think that's true and I don't think that's how it works in recruiting, but you're going to end up with a very talented wing because they're throwing a lot of darts and they've got a very good pitch to their squad right now, and I think that'll end up working out one way or another. Yeah, so on the guard note, real quick, there's four guards that they've been after about as long as anyone else who has, you know, outside of Dior in this 2022 cycle. J.J. Starlin, you mentioned, Zion Cruz, Chance Westry, Roddy Gale. Now, potentially, they could transition to forward, like we said, but those are the guys that are under six foot five right now and listed as guards on 24-7 sports. To me... And maybe you can chime in here and maybe agree or disagree, but I think you can only get one more of those guys. Just realistically, if Dior stays in 2022, if we're operating under that assumption, I don't see why a Chance Westry would come if Dior and Zion are already entering Syracuse as two five-star guys. Or I don't really see why Roddy Gale would come if Dior and Chance are already at Syracuse. Just from a playing time perspective, I think right. they're their likelihood to join Syracuse goes way down. And to your point, that's why I think 2021 would be best case if Dior reclassified to that, because then maybe you could get three total of those really good guards, including Dior in the mix in the 2022 cycle. And maybe you do get Starlane, who's the local kid there. Starlane's probably feels like the most unlikely of those four, because we know Zion and Chance have a connection to Dior for sure. And Zion Cruz is going to be playing with Dior, and he went on the visit with him and everything. And then Roddy Gale has also kind of talked about Syracuse more, I think, recently in articles and stuff than J.J. Starling. Yeah, you don't want this to be some sort of situation like we kind of saw with centers in the class of 2019, where you're looking at Isaiah Stewart and Kofi Coburn and Quadis Wahab and then you kind of strike out on all of them no. in that class, or, yeah. or a cook-a-cook, too. But 
I don't think it's going to be like that this time around. I really don't with this Syracuse class just because it seems like they've, they've got a much stronger pitch because of how good this team really can be as well. So, all right, when we come back, we are going to do our draft of the dream guys to play alongside Dior Johnson. We're each going to take three aside. That's coming up next. All right, it's Fantasy Draft Friday here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. We're going to pick our dream class for this class of 2022. Again, we already have the known. That is that you've got Dior Johnson in the class, so we're going to kind of take that into consideration. Although both of us kind of agree it would be better if he does end up reclassifying to the class of 2021. But we will assume under the conditions that he is in 2022. So we're each going to pick three guys here. And we'll go in snake order. I'll let you start things off here because, again, the Syracuse probably only going to end up with, with maybe two of these guys. Of course, it's still very, very early in this entire process. Yep. But let's dive into it. All right, I'll let you go first, unless you want me to go first. No, I'll take but first. I, I'll defer the number one pick to you. Who do you want? So this might be a little controversial, but I'm going to say Donovan Klingon, and it's purely because of okay. need. I think... That would excite me the most if they got him because it solves the center problem that they've had, and he'd be the first great center to add to this program, assuming they don't pick up someone in 2021 and the first top 50 center since a Rakeem Christmas type of player who I don't remember his exact ranking, but my point is talent-wise coming in and expectations coming in, he would be as highly sought after and kind of inserted into the starting lineup, I'd say, once he was committed and assumed to stay in 2022 he would be the starting center in 2022 if he came he's the only center they've offered so far and he's making a rise he's not the highest rated guy that's on the board still for Syracuse that's obviously Walker who's eight and then you get into those guards we were just talking about he's only 39 in the class but he addresses the need so for me in terms of who would make me the most excited who would solve the need going forward? It's Klingon. Because I know Joe Girard's there as a senior, at least we're assuming. And I know Kadari Richmond will probably be there still. And I trust the wing guys that they will already have if you include Dior and staying in the class. So I think Klingon is the biggest guy to get. And hey, he's he's gone from unranked to now in a top 40 spot. And who's to say he can't go up a couple more spots too yes. from that? I mean, he's seven yeah. foot one already as just a, finishing up his sophomore year in high school. And, I mean, we saw it with a number of guys. I mean, not to bring up a sore subject, but one of the guys that I remember taking these huge leaps was Darius Baisley, who I believe was in, like, the 70s. Then he goes to the 50s and the 30s, and then he's a top-10 player. And then he never comes to Syracuse either. But that's a whole nother topic. All right, my two in, in the snake order draft. So you go Klingon. I'm going to follow that up with a couple of wings here. I'm looking at Jairus Walker, a guy who I'm really high on, although I don't think Syracuse will probably end up getting him. But again, we're drafting our dream classes here, not our likelihood classes here. And then I'm going to pair that up with a guy who we thought probably would already have committed in this class, but he's yep. still on the open market, and that is Chance Westry, the, the wing out of Pennsylvania. Okay. I think those would be my next two as well. And one is unlikely, one is likely in my eyes, as you just alluded to there. So, you know, Chance Westry, kind of a mystery, whether he still has a great relationship with Dior or where things stand there. Not saying that we've heard anything that would 
make it seem like he doesn't, but it just went from, oh, we're committing on the same day, reports say, to I haven't committed yet. So that's all we know, and, and there's some mystery there, but I think you would assume there's still a good relationship there. And a guy that I think has very good potential to also be able to play the wing position, which is nice. So I would probably put him sort of second on my list. I guess Walker is second, but like you said, maybe this will change, but I think he's one of the more unlikely guys on this board right now. Next up, so I have back-to-back picks, and I think the two next ones are kind of obvious where we should go. Maybe you disagree, but I want to make it a point to say that I actually like Roddy Gale next over Zion Cruz, which I think will shock some people, but Roddy Gale of all the highlight tapes in this class, I am really, really high on him. And he's rising at more of an upward trend trajectory-wise than some of the other guys that are in the conversation right now. And he's got kind of the... He's from the Niagara Falls area, grew up similar town to Johnny Flynn, has said some good things about Syracuse and how much he liked Johnny Flynn growing up. And I, I think there's a real shot they could land him. And I think he has a lot of potential to play the wing spot too, which could really be nice to add because you've already got Dior and Joe Girard who would presumably start at the two top of the zone spots. And I feel like Gale has more of a chance of playing the wing than Zion Cruz. Zion Cruz is much higher rated than him though. So maybe it surprised some people that I would say that, but I think watching their tapes and I've watched both of them probably too many times than, or more than I should have, but I feel like I actually like Gale's game a little bit better, and I like his shot, and just I think he's more of a complete package right now, which sounds crazy to some people probably, but Zion Cruz would be my next pick as well because he's the other five-star that they've offered outside of Walker, and obviously the Dior relationship there makes you feel cautiously optimistic, and I think that would literally make this a top-five class for sure. Even if they just stopped right there. Oh, you're talking be. top three then. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. Because that's 19 Definitely. paired with number five or number three, depending on what ranking site you're looking at and how you're basing this. And the but... chemistry that they'll probably yes. have too, yeah. being Oak Hill guys together. All right, my last pick here, I am going with Kamari Lands, the small forward. He plays at La Lumiere now. And I just think the the track record of La Lu guys lately – you look at Jaron Jackson Jr., Jordan Poole, Isaiah Stewart, yeah. Brian Bowen was probably going to have a, a pretty good career at Louisville had things not gone uh, haywire with everything that he was going through. But I, I think that the track record there, the way that they have produced a lot of very good talent over these last couple of years, I would take my chances with Kamar Lance. It's not really taking a chance on a four-star guy who's ranked 35th in the class, but... I think that he would be an awesome addition and a great wing complement to everything else. So I go all wings. You give me a little bit of everything there in terms of your picks. And overall, hopefully Syracuse can can add one or two of these guys because that'll make it a really, really good class. Yeah, well, real quick, my dream class, if it were to happen, you're talking Dior, Joe Girard in the backcourt, Kadari Richmond probably nipping at their heels as a junior. Girard would be a senior then. Maybe Quincy Garrier, who knows if he stays. But then you'd probably be able to start a Gale or a Zion Cruz as well. I, I really don't think they could get Gale and Zion Cruz, but just bear with me for a Nor second. Nor do I. And then Klingon at the center. Benny Williams is also in the discussion. 
Robert Braswell, who knows? Woody Newton, who knows? They'd still have eligibility. And then you've got those centers, Frank Anselm, John Bullishock, and Jesse Edwards, who would all still have eligibility. Probably would never... I mean, so many things will happen from that point on. But if you get like 80 70% of that, that's the best roster we've seen at Syracuse in a long time. So I'd say be cautiously optimistic, but you can be optimistic. We're doing it right now. It's really fun the way this 2022 class is heading. Oh, it sounds like a pipe dream. It's so far away, but we can't wait for it to hopefully all come to fruition in a couple of years. All right, that's going to do it for us here. On this Friday edition of the Locked on Syracuse podcast, next week we're going to do a lot of recruiting stuff, and we'll also, of course, on our Thursday edition of the show, do our training camp Thursday where we break down one burning question surrounding Syracuse football for the upcoming season. We're doing one question a week until we get to, hopefully, the start of the season. Again, that's still dicey, so we'll keep you updated on that situation as well. For Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you guys next week. Everyone have a safe weekend, and wear a mask.